Hello and welcome. You are listening to That Plant-Based Doula Podcast. My name is Serenity and I am your host and That Plant-Based Doula. In this podcast, we discuss various topics pertaining to natural reproductive and general health using whole plant-based foods and herbs, as well as other natural implements. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I am super excited to be here. I mean, I mean, I always am, but today I'm actually dual recording both in the Papaya Collective Facebook community as well as here on Anchor where I record all of my podcasts for you to listen to. So I'll try to be as visual as possible for you listeners. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking today about the truth about alcohol and more specifically how it affects women. So I'm going to go ahead and get my stream up live on the Papaya Collective and get the viewers going in there and then we will get started. All right, so welcome everybody, both viewers of the Tuesday Tea, which is hosted every week at 2 p.m. For now, it is in the Papaya Collective Facebook community every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, but the new Papaya app is launching this season, and when that happens, all of the Tuesday Teas will then transfer over to the app, so you want to make sure you download it. It will be in the Google Play and the Apple App Stores, um, so anybody can download it. It will be free to download, it's free to join, and it's going to be tons of amazing content. A lot of what you see in here, but super beefed up and um, really just awesome. I'm excited about it. This is something that I've been working on for quite some time now and finally the work is paying off and I'm really excited to launch this new social media network for all of you ladies who are looking for, you know, that connection but without all the extra like fluff that Facebook has. All right, so today's topic, we are talking about the truth about alcohol. And more specifically, we're talking about how it affects women. And just like caffeine, it, it does affect us differently. Um, our bodies are made differently for multiple reasons. And we just can't filter certain toxins the same way that men can. And that's not to say that alcohol and caffeine are good for men either, but I am in feminine healthcare and I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about helping you ladies, you know, understand how your bodies work and understanding how to get it working as optimally as possible. And today's topic is really personal for me because like I told you last week, a lot of times when I'm speaking on topics, I think that a lot of viewers or my friends or following whatever, they think that I'm I'm kind of speaking from like a place where like, oh, I'm above you, I'm better than you. And that's absolutely not true. I'm speaking from some from somewhere who or from a place of I've been there. You know, I've experienced um, the addiction of alcohol before. I've experienced a lot of different weird things in my life that now I can see the difference of living that way and now living a more clean, um, quote unquote, pure lifestyle. So I only, I only want to talk about these things because I'm like, listen, don't do the things that I've done. Save yourself the heartache, save yourself the pain because trust me, it's not worth it. So today we're going to talk about over 30, over 30, at least like over 32 um, ways that alcohol affects our bodies as human beings. And then we're going to talk more specifically about how it affects us as women. Um, but really quickly, if you're somebody who, you know, whether or not you're, if you're sober right now, currently, if you're, you know, interested in being sober or at least minimizing the amount of alcohol that you're consuming, or you're really just wanting to like, okay, I want to be sober. I want that to be my new lifestyle. I urge you to go join the Sober October Challenge. There is an event link under the events tab on that plant-based doula. Or if you're on Instagram and you have that plant-based doula 
or the Papaya Collective, you can click the link in the bio and you'll see Sober October. You click that and fill out the form and that will sign you up to get weekly emails um, all October long with affirmations, sobriety tips, statistics, um, recipes for mocktails, which speaking of, I am drinking today instead of tea. This is a pineapple mint shrub that I made and it is a process to make shrubs. It's essentially a fermented fruit drink this one has pineapple and mint and it's mixed with the Topo Chico sparkling mineral water and it's super good, super refreshing and if you know you happen to have a craving for a drink it's a great substitute for that craving and not to say that I'm craving it but I love exploring different types of drinks especially like fermented drinks, um, probiotic drinks. I love you know, water gets boring sometimes, and I do love water, but I like to see what else is out there and play with different recipes. So if you're interested in partaking in the 31 Days of Mindful Living Sober October Challenge that I'm hosting, please go check out the event link, um, Sober October. You can even look in this event link, the um, Truth About Alcohol, and I posted in the discussion the link for that as well. So join me for that. You don't have to be you know, you don't have to commit to being sober forever. You can just commit to that month. Um, you can even commit to cutting back. So if you normally drink five days out of the week, maybe cut back to two days out of the week. Or if you drink every single weekend, maybe cut back to only two weekends out of the month. Whatever it is for you, I'm not here to control your life or micromanage you, but you know, any change towards being healthier, towards being more mindful is a positive change that you will see amazing results. And that's one thing that I want to share with you during this challenge in the emails that you're going to be getting is the effects, what's going to happen after 12 hours of not drinking and 24 hours and one week and two weeks and three and so on and so forth. Because it's amazing what your body does once you cut out certain toxins. So I am so excited to talk about today's topic. As I said, it is a personal topic for me. I, um, I have struggled with alcohol consumption for not too long, I would say. You know, I wasn't seriously like a party type of girl in high school or anything. Um, I didn't know how to be, first of all. I didn't have the friends to be. And it just never was something that I was interested in. My parents were both addicts and alcoholics. My mom went to prison when I was nine. She was in prison for 17 years for intoxicated vehicular manslaughter. And, you know, it was something that really shaped my life for a long time. I did not want to live that lifestyle. But, you know, and if you look up what addiction is, there's so many different um, definitions of it. But one definition that kind of resonated with me was that it kind of, it is something that stems from something. It is a symptom of something. So something happened in my life, and I would say multiple somethings happened in my life, that then led me to feel like I needed alcohol to cope. And whatever it was, whether I needed to feel like sexy or sociable, or if um, you know I wanted to be accepted. And we're going to kind of talk about the culture surrounding alcohol, alcohol consumption, and our mentality around it, around it, as well as the propaganda and the marketing. Who, who are these alcohol companies marketing to in order to make those sales? And this is a very serious topic, and I want everyone to understand that, you know, you don't have to drink all day every day to be an alcoholic you don't have to drink once in a blue moon to be an alcoholic. Um, and even the term alcoholic is outdated and wrong. And I use the term alcoholic when speaking because a lot of people, that's, that's what they understand. Because, once again, it's something that our culture has ingrained in us. So if you're somebody who struggles with alcohol consumption and you've, you know, branded yourself as an alcoholic, I urge you to kind of think deeper and to, you know... Think of the possibility of dropping that label for yourself because when you call yourself an alcoholic, it's almost like you're hindering your own growth. Instead of, hi, I'm Serenity, I'm an alcoholic, you know, hi, I'm Serenity, I'm a mom, I am creative, I am into natural feminine health, I'm a doula, and I help women discover their own unique healing potential. That is something that, you know, that does describe me. The alcoholism is not something that describes me. Do I struggle? with consuming alcohol, yes, and most of us do. So I am going to refer to my notes and we are gonna get started. Melinda, I drink probably every third or fourth day and it feels like it's too much. 
So exactly. I mean, you're seeing that every three or four days is too much for you. And there's somebody out there who it takes a lot more than that for them to even consider the possibility that it's too much for them. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Like, okay. I don't know if y'all saw the visual that I posted in the group. And if you're listening on my podcast, you obviously cannot see what I'm talking about. But you can go join the Papaya Collective on Facebook. And um, you can also just go look on Facebook in the um, Truth About Alcohol event page. There is a little graphic that I put. And it's the human body. And it shows all of our organs and our systems. And it shows 23 things that are affected when we drink alcohol. So I'm going to kind of just quickly go through those 23 things. And I want you to kind of sit with that information. And as always, do your own research, do your own reading, really dive in deep um, when it comes to anything pertaining to your health. And I say this every video, every podcast, I really encourage you all to do your own homework and do what's best for you. And I will also preface this with saying that research has come out that Alcohol is not good for anybody at any level of at, at any level of consumption whatsoever. Even the whole red wine myth being good for your heart is total bullshit and you just need to do your own research about it. So, one of the things that it affects is your brain and this is a major one, but shrinking brain. Your brain will literally start shrinking every time you consume alcoholic drinks and especially when you do it over a period of time. And um, blackouts dependence, heart damage, liver damage, pancreatitis, frequent diarrhea, infertility, sexual dysfunction, malnutrition, diabetes complications, numbness, um, behavior changes, hallucinations, slurred speech, cancer, lung infections, fatigue, stomach distress, birth defects, thinning bones, changes in coordination, and muscle cramps. So, yikes. We don't want to deal with any of those things. And it's so crazy to me that in a culture of people who, you know, if you're in this group especially, obviously you're wanting more information on how to live a more natural lifestyle. You're wanting to live as holy as possible. And not holy as in church, but whole, full, um, you know, mindfully. You know, this group was Mindful Mamas at one point in time. And Mindful Mama is still a trademark of mine, but... You ladies, I want to say you guys, but you ladies, it's like we, we're doing the best that we can with, with the knowledge that we have. And it doesn't matter where you are in your journey of living naturally or living as healthily as possible. We have all of this knowledge, yet we still do the things that are harming our bodies. And, you know, I preach about dairy. I preach about coffee. I preach about processed foods, um, meat even, all of that stuff. I would honestly say, based on research, that... All of that is terrible, but what's worse than that is alcohol. Hands down, alcohol is the worst because it causes the most issues. It's it's lifelong, and it actually creates habits in your mind that, I don't want to say that they're irreversible, but they're very, very hard to um, heal, if that makes sense. Christina says... Coming from a family of generations of alcoholics, it's always been a turnoff for me because of what I saw growing up. It made me very careful about when I consume alcohol and how much. So that's a very strong perspective, very strong mindset to have. And I want to touch too on the fact that when you become sober, and if you're a part of anything, you know, 12 step, and I don't really want to like shit on the 12 step program or AA, but it's not for everybody. And if you really dive deep in what it what it's about, it's definitely not for women. It was not created for women in uh, with women in mind. And they talk a lot about willpower. And if you read the book Quit Like a Woman, um, written by Holly Whitaker, which I am now on my second time reading. I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't necessarily agree with all of her political views. That's neither here nor there because that just goes to show that you can get knowledge anywhere and take the knowledge and leave the rest. You know what I'm saying? She is a genius. She is... I love the way that she speaks. I love how she writes. I love that she talks about the scientific aspect and how it affects us on a scientific level and then even also on a spiritual level. And 
she doesn't shame you. I mean, also she's somebody who had struggled with alcohol consumption for over 20 years. So, um, she, she, I don't even know where I was getting with that, but I'm going to be talking a lot uh, about Holly Whitaker, about her book, and I'm, I have a few things that I've taken from her book that I'm going to be adding in here, and I really, really urge you if, you, if you're even curious about being sober, to read Quit Like a Woman, because it is an amazing approach on womanhood and sobriety, and she talks some real, real stuff in there, so I urge you all, if you want to go more in depth, that this video interests you even a little bit, this is just barely scraping the surface. It's not even getting that deep. Her book goes so in depth, and it, it's like hours upon hours if you're if you listen to it. Um, and I mean, I don't have time to go hours and hours talking about the things that she does, but she's very very intelligent. She has some amazing information covering the whole spectrum when it comes to alcohol and consumption and addiction. So first of all, you guys, you ladies, what is alcohol? Okay, so we're not going to go as in-depth on this as we did with the coffee episode, with the alkaloids and all of that, but alcohol is made from ethanol, which is an organic chemical compound, once again, and don't let the organic term make you be like, oh, well, it's good then. No, it is used in many products for beauty and self-care, and listen... It is effective in killing microorganisms like bacteria, fungi, and viruses. It is a common ingredient in many hand sanitizers. So the fact that it kills microorganisms, I mean, what do you think it's doing inside your body? That's scary. And it's a common ingredient in many hand sanitizers. Um, it's highly flammable and should not be used near open flames. Ethanol inhalation can cause coughing and headaches and all kinds of other crap. Um, what are ethyl alcohol uses? Ethyl alcohol is used to make alcoholic beverages. For example, wine, beer, and liquor. Ethyl alcohol can be used as a solvent. So, yeah. You guys. You ladies. It's made from the production of fermentation of starch and corn grain. In the fuel industry, biorefineries, they use state-of-the-art technologies to convert grains, beverage, and food waste, cellulose, cellulosic biomass, and other feedstocks into high-octane ethanol. Essentially, rocket fuel. And Holly really goes in on this subject as well. And people are like, no, 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 it's not the same thing that... It's, it's not the same thing that, um, that we put in our cars as fuel. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Why in the world are we drinking fuel? <laughs> Why are we drinking fuel? Now, when you start to understand marketing and um, just all of that propaganda and the, the psychology that goes behind marketing, then you're like, okay, I get it now. And again, Holly Whitaker goes more in depth over that. Um, Summer, you said, can someone put the book name in the comments? Yes, I'm going to do it right now. It's called Quit Like a Woman, and then it's got, like, a subtitle. It's, like, The Radical Choice, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know the full title, but it's Quit Like a Woman. If you search it, you'll find it. Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. And you can find her. She has a school, actually, for sobriety called Tempest, and I am a member of that. I get their emails and all that good stuff, and she's just dope, you guys. She is so inspiring as a woman, as a sober woman. I love her. And, and you guys, okay, let's talk about back when cigarettes was quote unquote healthy. I mean, doctors were smoking them in hospitals and teachers were smoking them in schools. It touches my soul. It's so good. Um, so that was, at one point in time, that was a societal norm. It was deemed healthy. And then, you know what, 30, so, 30 or so, 40 years later, oh my gosh, cigarettes cause cancer. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Like, okay, we, we as humans evolved and we figured out what we were doing it was bad. Now, granted, there's still, you know, quite a bit, quite a few smokers out there. Not as many as when I was a kid in the 90s, for sure. But we all have kind of woken up to the dangers of smoking cigarettes. And now everybody's kind of flipped to vaping and now more information's coming out about that. And I'm not going to talk about vaping because I don't know. I really don't have much knowledge on it. I don't do it personally because I try to minimize the amount of things I'm putting in my body. Alcohol is or was that one thing that I struggled with. Now, 
alcohol has been such an ingrained part of human existence for so long, but I kind of wonder, like, is it going to come a point in time when, like, our kids are in their 40s or so that we, as a whole, wake up to the the risks of, of consuming alcohol? I mean, it's really crazy the amount of people who believe that alcohol can be good for you or that it's okay to drink alcohol. And Holly talks about this a lot in her book, that the world or society has separated people into two groups when it comes to alcohol. One group being alcoholics, or people who can't tolerate alcohol. And another group of people being people who can. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I feel, I feel so ashamed that my body cannot tolerate drinking rocket fuel. It's, you know, when you really think of it like that, it's kind of comical. Because it is not a bad thing that your body is telling you you cannot drink this thing that is a poison for everybody. Just because it doesn't affect your best friend the same way it does you does not mean that it's still okay for her. So, let's talk about some more things that alcohol consumption affects. One being liver damage. Um, even when you're drinking the same amount of alcohol as men, women are more vulnerable to alcohol-induced liver disease, alcohol hepatitis, and liver cirrhosis. So this is this also, you know, you have to take into account our height, our weight, um, our fat content. I mean, there's so much that you have to take into consideration. If you if you are a bartender, have or have been a bartender, you've taken um, the TABC test to get your TABC license. Well, if you're in Texas, if you're in another state, there's another Alcohol and Beverage Commission test that you have to take in order to legally be able to sell alcohol as a bartender, as a server, or whatever. And in that test, you talk about you know, the levels of alcohol consumed in a certain period of time and how women are more susceptible, blah, 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 right? Okay, so we know that. We know that. But yet, we have this, this thinking, and maybe not all of us, but I know for me, I've always had this thing with wanting to be accepted, um, especially by men, that if I can drink just as much as the six foot two dude then I'll be cool, I'll be sexy, I'll be liked, I'll be wanted. And the fact is, yes, I can drink as much as a dude that big, for sure. No, no, like, hands down, I can drink and drink and drink. And it takes a lot for me to get, quote unquote, drunk or wasted. It takes a lot. But at the end of the day, the end result is far det more detrimental than for that six foot two dude. Because my body is going to filter things a different way. And then my body is also designed a different way. My reproductive system is much more delicate and my hormones are much more delicate. And your hormones as a woman affect so much. And they do for a man too, but it's, it's just very different um, for feminine health. So liver damage. And your liver is so, so important. It's responsible for filtering all toxins all toxins that are coming into your body, whether it's from processed foods, sugars, um, alcohol, when you put on chemical-laden makeups, deodorant, sprays, that then gets absorbed into your skin, absorbed into your bloodstream, and the organ that is responsible for processing those chemicals is your liver. And when you are pouring alcohol on your liver for decades, years, 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 months, 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 whatever it is, you're weakening it. And at one point in time, it's going to stop working. And you're going to have a buildup of toxins, which is going to cause an imbalance, which is going to cause death. There is no way to sugarcoat that. I'm not saying that to cause any fear. That's just a fact. When you have imbalance, you have now room for disease. And disease then causes cancers. It causes other problems that will lead to your demise if you don't get a hold on it. And this is why antioxidants are so important and immune-boosting foods and herbs are so, so important um, because we want to maintain that homeostasis. But if your liver is out of whack, you will never be homeostatic. And it's not a place that you want to be. Another thing, your brain process. So women are at greater risk for alcohol-related brain neurological issues than men. I can attest to this so much. I can attest to this so much. I have a lot of those myself that I've been working through. And my diet change has helped tremendously. Mindset change has helped tremendously. Um, we're more susceptible to blackouts or periods of memory loss while binge drinking. So <laughs> show of hands, how many of you have ever been personally victimized by blackouts when you're drunk? 
Yes, me, definitely me, especially, um, so many of you may not know this, many of you may, but I was actually sober for over 555 days back between 2018 and 2019, yes, 2018, 2019, I was sober for over 18 months, just a little over 18 months, and that was such a process for me. I, I learned a lot about healing, I learned a lot about my own health, and my brain, a lot of my brain issues started to surface at that point um, due to the addiction that I had created, the habits that I had created. And when you, when you do something over a certain period of time, like dopamine, for instance, is a chemical that's created when you ingest or do something that's pleasurable, eating chocolate, having good sex, that kind of stuff. So the thing is, when you do it so much, you keep creating that dopamine, which then tells your body that you have to keep doing the action or taking the substance that creates that in order to survive. And that then is what addiction is. Um, and when you stop doing that, it causes withdrawal and the memory problems and all of this. It's really quite interesting and quite scary. All right, I'm checking out. I'm checking out comments. Okay. I have to like switch between all these different little <laughs> things. All right, heart disease. Women who drink less than two drinks a day. Um, hold on a second. So this was this was something I put under my myths here because this goes into a lot of the propaganda that we're told, a lot of the marketing. It's called what is it? Engineering engineered consent. Engineered consent. Go look up engineered consent and then let's have a conversation about that. But this all ties into all the marketing. You know, all your little favorites, you know, health gurus. I'm talking big ones like people really love Gwyneth Paltrow. Holly Whitaker loves Gwyneth Paltrow and she's talking about her and she has this online platform called Goop and it has, they create like natural products and stuff. Well, they were actually, her little natural business was being sponsored by Kettle One Vodka and that's just, <laughs> it's hilarious. So they, they put out these things in order to tell you it's okay to drink, you know, especially the, um, the main target demographic for alcohol companies, can you guess the main target demographic? I'll give y'all a minute to answer that. And I'm going to go on to this. Tell me what the main target demographic is for alcohol companies. But this myth is that women who drink less than two drinks a day, or women who drink more red wine, um, are at, at a lower risk of having heart disease which is total bullshit, okay? I mean, and they say that for everybody. You know, drink red wine, it's good for your heart. I can remember my grandfather who actually passed away from Parkinson's um, about a year ago. He would drink red wine because he said it was better for his heart. I knew women who were pregnant who would drink a glass of red wine here and there because they said it was better for their blood flow and blah, blah, blah. And their doctor even told them, yeah, it's all cool, it's good. Really? Like, but I mean, they tell us that other things are good during pregnancy too, but that's another video for another time, right? Christina, yes, women and mothers specifically are our main, are the main demographic for these alcohol companies to create this engineered consent. Single in their 30s, that's a good, that, yeah, that's great too, because y'all remember, I don't know if y'all remember, but like, I go back to the cigarette thing because cigarettes and alcohol really are hand in hand when it comes to the marketing, the heavy marketing and just the sickness that's behind the money and the greed that that is marketing for alcohol and cigarettes. But you remember the like Joe Camel um, images and he would like had the black leather jacket and he had the cigarette and he was like so cool, you know, they even made cigarettes called cool. Okay. So they, they market to these younger people, you know, early twenties, even thirties, you know, if you drink, you're, you're cool. You're in the in crowd. You're sociable. You're more liked, you're more sexy, all that stuff. And it is ingrained in us. It's ingrained in us. That's what we're taught from a young age, especially if you were born in the eighties, nineties, it's terrible and it's only gotten worse over over the past few years and actually statistically speaking women from between 2002 and 2012 they increased their drinking by like 10% and men decreased their drinking by like 10%. So women are actually starting to drink more and men are starting to drink less. That's crazy. And the whole like 
um, mommy needs a cocktail. And um, there was a book, Holly was talking about there being a book called I Drink Because You Cry. Like, as if motherhood isn't fucking hard enough. As if we're not struggling with our mental as it is and our energy as it is that we need them to push that on us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really just disgusts me the whole mommy needing to drink wine to get through the day is terrible. And what is that showing your children? And I'm not sitting here trying to shame you. If you're somebody who feels like you have to have a cocktail or you have to have a margarita or you have to have a wine or whatever it is, like I'm not shaming you, but I want you to understand that you don't really believe that. You are, you have been taught that. You have been programmed to think that that is normal. And that's not normal. That's not okay. If y'all hear my baby crying, I'm so sorry. She is being watched in the other room, but <laughs> she loves her mommy. Okay, but on the real side of the heart disease thing, if you drink less, you are going to have lower risk for coronary heart disease than women who drink heavily. I mean, that's just common sense. Not drinking is better for you than drinking. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're addicted or not. Um, it's just better for you. Drinking will also elevate your estrogen, which... Uh, once again, will lead to infertility. Too much estrogen can wreak havoc on your on your entire body. It causes things ranging from fatigue and anxiety to fibroids, endometriosis, abnormal menstruation, breast cancer, and infertility. So, you know, as a fertility specialist, I work with women all the time who come to me and they're like, Serenity, I, I haven't been able to get pregnant. You know, I already have a child. Um, but I haven't been able to get pregnant in three years. I don't know what's going on with me. And this is something I learned personally. And this is a reason why I got into fertility health because I was infertile for over two years and I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle. I mean, take all the other stuff that we've talked about out, you know, the dairy, the animal products, um, the processed foods, the caffeine, all of that stuff. I was drinking alcohol like a fish. Okay. Once I stopped doing that, Literally, six months after I stopped drinking alcohol, the baby you hear crying right now, I conceived her. So, she is not happy. So, understanding that it actually causes an elevation in the estrogen hormone, I mean, that's one of the first things that I tell my clients. Um, no caffeine, no alcohol. And... You know, going back to the caffeine thing, it's actually, for a lot of women, it was harder to quit caffeine than alcohol, which to me is mind-blowing because alcohol always seemed to be my, my crutch, you know? Dehydration. So you've all probably, most of you have probably been hungover at one point in time of your, in your life. If you've never been hungover, I salute you. I think that's amazing. Um, if you've never drank, even more so. It's so hard in today's culture to not partake in that type of activity, but when you drink heavily, you're more at risk for dehydration, which can result in vomiting, diarrhea, fever, extreme sweating, and damaged skin. So if you go to read Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker, you will learn 11 things that alcohol affects in your body and causes in your body. And she goes into, into depth on this, but I don't want to take away from her book and the, and the knowledge that's in her book. So I really, really want y'all to go read it and to go read her book with an open mind because, like I said, her views aren't for everybody. Um, I know they're not for me, not all of them, but the knowledge is still on point. So really quickly, let's talk about the 11 things that Holly Whitaker points out in Quit Like a Woman. The first thing... The first thing is that it disrupts your sleep, you know. People think, oh my gosh, alcohol, you know, I need it to go to sleep. And yes, it is a depressant. It will make you tired, but it does not help you have quality sleep. You need a certain amount of deep sleep, that REM sleep. I think it's like seven hours is what you need as a human being. And with alcohol, you get maybe two. And that is the time that you really are doing a lot of healing. And if you can't get that amount of deep sleep, you're not going to have quality healing. The second thing is that it fuels anxiety. And that's on a chemical level. And then I look at it like in a cycle. So like a lot of women, especially people in general, but women, we're talking about women, they will drink alcohol in order to avoid social anxieties. You know, you want to appear more attractive. You want to appear more sociable, more likable, all that. But... 
when you don't drink, you think that you don't have those capabilities and then it makes you anxious. So it's this crazy cycle that we don't want to get stuck in, right? The third thing is that it impedes detoxification. So, you know, like I already mentioned, your liver is super important for detoxifying and, and filtering these toxins from your body. It's so, so important. But when you're drinking, it makes it almost impossible because A, it's damaging your liver, but B, think about what we talked about. What is alcohol made of, right? Um, sugars and starches and all of those things that then coat your gut, which your gut is the second brain. I like to refer to it as the first brain because it is the first thing. It's made before your brain in utero. Um, but it literally coats your gut and takes all of the good bacteria out and just fills it with a bunch of sludge. It will then cause the, the fogginess and all of that stuff that, that we've talked about before when you have toxin overload. So if you're wanting to detoxify, like this last week I did a liver cleanse. Um, I lost three pounds and I eat somewhat clean for the most part. I'm not like Mother Teresa or whatever of clean eating necessarily, but I eat pretty clean and I still lost about three pounds of literally toxic sludge and it was insane. I feel so much better. I was feeling horrible last week. <laughs> I thought the world was just going to end. And I've detoxed before, but I've never detoxed as hard as I did last week. And I have some secrets to that as well. If you want to know more about how to detox efficiently, you can contact me and I'll set you up with a plan and I'll be, you know, your accountability and all that good stuff. But that, you know, whatever. Anyway, you know what I just realized? That my little ticker isn't going. Let me see if I can add this. There we go. All right. So the next thing is that it causes weight gain or interferes with weight loss. Oh, but yeah, if you're wanting to detox, stop drinking alcohol at least, you know, the week prior and the week after. You really want to give your body a break and do the best that you can as far as detoxifying goes. <clears throat> Christina, you are so right about wine culture being pushed so hard on moms. It is. And I have theories about a big agenda, you know, weakening the family structure and everything in the country, in this country and the world. And I really feel like that is one of the components but I really try to stay away from that side of things and just keep it to um, my the, the research that I've found or research from other people that I've compiled with my own. And, um, you know, maybe one time we can do a video about all those little theory, <laughs> theories, but I have to, like, keep myself in check when it comes to that. But back to the weight gain, um, causing the weight gain and interfering with weight loss, that's something, too, women, you know... I see you guys, I see you going to the gym and eating the right things and drinking your lemon water and all of that. And then when it comes to the weekend or even that night, you drink your bottle of wine or your whatever the drink may be. And you're like, I just can't lose weight. And it's like, because you keep drinking, you keep drinking alcohol and no wine is not better for you. And vodka is not better for you than whiskey or, you know what I'm saying? Like People, they think that beer is is worse because it's beer and it's got more calories and all that. And it's not even about calories, you guys. It's about the chemicals and how it's affecting your hormones and the chemical balances in your body. So stop counting calories and really look at the things that you're putting in your body. That's key. You're not going to lose weight if you continue to consume any level of alcohol, but especially high levels of alcohol. And you know, there are those that drink all day, every day, and then there's there are those that binge drink. And honestly, you're not doing yourself a favor by binge drinking either. It may even be worse for you because of such um, the shock that it, it brings to your body. Um, another thing is that it causes facial redness and broken capillaries. So you know that flushed feeling you get if you've ever, you know, gotten buzzed or drunk, you know, your cheeks get all red and all of that. Those are literally, it's not from you being like overly excited. You're literally breaking capillaries in your face. What? <laughs> like, what are we doing to ourselves? And I am reading word for word how she listed these. So number six, it fucks up your brain. I love her bluntness. I love her realness. And she has research to back up everything that she says in her book. Um, so once again, go read the book and find out for yourself, but it fucks up your brain, you guys, on such an insane level that we don't even think about. You know, the memory loss, the anger, the sadness and depression. Um, if you are somebody who's prone to being depressed, 
why don't drink alcohol it's literally one of the worst things you can do for your depression Number seven is it messes with your blood sugar balance because alcohol literally, once you drink it, it converts to straight sugar. So there's that. Um, and then we talked about this, but it disrupts endocrine or hormone function. And you guys, this one's a big one. They're all big ones, but this is huge to me. Like, what have I been doing to myself? It's linked to seven different cancers. It's linked to seven different cancers. So that's pretty crazy. Like... Every time you drink alcohol, if you just think, like, I could possibly get at least one out of seven cancers because of my involvement in this, like, I would think that that would make you at least pause, if not just totally abstain, you know? And then it causes premature aging, you know, kind of going back to the facial, facial redness and broken capillaries, you know, that's one thing. That's when you start to get all those, like, veiny things, and then... It messes with the collagen, the natural collagen that's in your skin, the elasticity and everything. Your skin will literally just start to, I don't know. Okay, so I used to go to bars all the time. That was my thing. You can ask anybody in Abilene, Texas, and yeah, they'll tell you. Like, I was one of those bar people. I loved it. That's how I got my social skills, <laughs> whatever, but, you know, I always would see those older ladies who, you know, and they're still to this day, you could walk into any one of those bars and you would see the same older ladies or men, but the older ladies and their, their skin is just lackluster. They're dull. They're, it's just very sad. And I'm sure there's other things that you could contribute to it. Maybe they smoke cigarettes or what are they eating and things like that. But I would say I would be willing to put money on the fact that it's over from decades of alcohol, heavy alcohol consumption, and that being a complete habit every single day or every single Wednesday or whatever it may be. And then it destroys your microbiome. So, you know, we talked about how it impedes detoxification. Um, it destroying your microbiome actually can be, can be a cause for a lot of these issues. Your microbiome, your gut microbiome, the good bacteria that you carry in your gut naturally. That's right. We have good bacteria in our bodies. And so that's a big reason why you shouldn't take antibiotics just to take antibiotics. You know, there is a very, very rare... Um, instances where antibiotics are okay and even then you need to be kind of counteracting them with probiotics to be putting good 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 bacteria back into your body because antibiotic antibiotic literally it does not discriminate it's going to take all of the biotics out it's going to take all the bacteria out and you need certain bacterias to kind of like break things down so when you have no gut microbiome you're susceptible to so many things um, and you're not going to be able to lose weight, or you're not, your mind is not going to be unfoggy, your memory is going to suck. It's, it's just a whole plethora of problems. It's a chain reaction. It's a domino effect, if you will. And why, you know? So here are just a couple of social effects. There's so many of them, but for time's sake, and I want to preface this section with saying that just because you're intoxicated never excuses any assault, whether it's sexual, domestic, um, never, ever, ever. You being drunk is never, um, oh, well, was she drunk? No, that's bullshit, and I'm not saying that. But, but when you are drunk, you're less able to be aware of your surroundings. You're unable to really defend yourself. You're unable to really discern somebody's character or intentions, right? And... Once again, how many of you have been personally victimized by um, being drunk, essentially? Um, I can tell you, as somebody who survived domestic violence and assaults, almost all, yeah, almost all of those incidences happened when I was drunk. And do I feel, like, guilty at myself because I was drunk? No. And I don't blame myself, and I never would blame a woman for being drunk um, and something bad happening to her. But... That's a reason that should motivate us to be sober so we can be alert, we can be strong. And I'm looking around like, I'm looking for creepers, you know. If you have children especially, how are you going to defend them if you're intoxicated? So you are more susceptible. It's proven, it's statistically proven that women are more susceptible to domestic violence and sexual assaults um, when, they're, when they're drunk, when they're intoxicated. So um, you need to be on your best game at all point in times, especially in today's society. The world has gone to shit. Everybody's just running around like crazy people and doing whatever they want. So <clears throat> you need to be sharp. You need to have your mind where it needs to be, especially when you have children. Um, you are their protection. 
and they rely on you for so much and if you're drinking you you can't really help them to the best of your ability and then another social effect is car accidents. So women are actually least likely to be driving drunk than men. I mean, and I think that probably comes from like, especially if you're out with a date or something, if you're dating a man, then um, he's more likely to drive y'all home after a night of drinking than you are, or you're going to get a ride home, or you're going to call a cab. I mean, we're just less likely to drive drunk. However, I have driven drunk before. Um, and I'm definitely not proud of that whatsoever. And the time that I did, like... I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I get home? And that's a scary feeling because, <laughs> you know, like you'd had no recollection of what happened. I could have hurt somebody. I could have hurt myself. I could have ended up in jail. Um, but statistically speaking, we are less likely to drive drunk than men. However, you're still at a great risk of being in a car accident. And then what can that cause? Christina, I really, I really appreciate your perspective and the choices that you've made because of your upbringing. And it really takes a lot of strength to, to make that choice. You know, I thought growing up in the, the environment that I grew up in that, you know, I will never be like these people, but I actually kind of followed in the same footsteps as far as like, um, those that I chose to interact with, which then caused situations, which then caused, um, traumas and things that I guess I felt that alcohol was my medicine. It kind of numbed the pain. And now looking back, I know that alcohol never numbed anything. Um, if anything, it magnified my pains. And then I still, I had more things than that were piling up on top of that due to my behavior or experiences of when I was intoxicated. So, talking about marketing of alcohol to the female consumer, um, engineered consent. I'm going to type that in the comments really quick because I really want y'all to look up engineered consent after you go download Holly Whitaker's book. Okay. So, marketing... Marketing is amazing and scary at the same time because a lot of what goes into marketing, especially with these big corporate places, corporate, you know, Budweiser, Kettle One, like I've already mentioned, um, it's all psychological. They hire people who understand how our minds work. You know, that's when you see the ads on Facebook. Well, that's all populated because you searched for a certain thing. Like, for instance, it wasn't long ago that I was searching for, um, like, alcohol alternatives, like Seed Lip and... Ken and, um, can't even think of another one, but those are all botanical, um, mocktail mixes, if you will. So I started kind of looking into some and then all of a sudden I have all of them popping up on my Facebook and on Google. That's a part of the psychologic marketing. They, they see, you know, okay, well, she's 28 years old. She's in Texas. She's a mother. She, you know, all of this. She, they know everything and they then generate the perfect ad that's going to catch your eye and it's going to make you want to buy their product. So that's what, you know, in a sense, engineered consent is. It's when they market something to you in a way where you feel like, oh yeah, that, that is what I want. That is what I need, you know? And it gets into your head. So they hire people who are very smart, who understand the human psyche and how the mind works, and they pay them to teach them how to market to you. And that's great and all when you're the company that's benefiting from it, but what about us? What about the consumers? And then what about our children? What about our children's children? And the things that we're creating, these generational ties and curses, it's, it's really so in-depth. Yes, Melinda, um, you can come back and tune in later, or you can listen on the podcast at That Plant-Based Doula. Um, it's on Spotify or all the places where there's podcasts. <laughs> but it's, you know, bottom line when it comes to the marketing and all the BS that comes with that is it's hard to abstain in a culture that is rampant with propaganda telling us as women that we need alcohol to be one of the guys, to be cooler, to be sexier, funnier, or even just a better mom. So when you understand this agenda, it's a good first step towards making the change to quit. You don't need these things to be, you don't need alcohol to be those things, okay? And in fact, once you finally ditch the habit, you're going to find a whole world of opportunity opens up to you. You're going to find that you have, 
you know, more time, more energy, you're going to be in a better mood, a more mind space. And I want to touch on this too. Um, I think I was trying to talk about it earlier and then my mind went elsewhere because sometimes I get nervous, but it's, they say in, in AA and the 12 steps and all of that, that it takes willpower. And I really disagree, especially after listening to, to Holly Whitaker. It's not so much willpower that you need. It's a mindset change. And when you can shift your mind to understanding how all of this has been targeted at you for money and greed, and it's they don't care about your health. I mean, even doctors will promote you drinking alcohol. Um, then it will help you to make that first step and understanding that you can quit and you can just not look back. It's totally possible. Stop using terms like alcoholic. Um, addiction is very real, but addiction can be beaten. It's not a lifelong disease. I've had people who unfriended me because when I first got sober the first time, um, they, you know, she was like, addiction is something you're going to live with your entire life. And she may very well be right. However, when you constantly call yourself an addict, this goes back into manifestation and speaking words of affirmation. What you speak, it is. When you put it out into the universe, that's what it is. We are all energy. Your words are energy. The air around you, everything is energy. So when you're like, hi, I'm an addict, you're ingraining the fact that you're an addict. You're ingraining the fact that you have a dependency on a substance. Instead of saying that, talk about who you really are. Talk about the things that you want to do, your goals, things like that. It's really important to have mindfulness in all that you do. And this is definitely one of those things. And, you know, you're probably like, okay, well, you've already quit once or twice and now you're doing it again. Well, if anybody understands, it would be me. And the thing is, I, I did an interview on somebody else's podcast this last week um, she asked me, she heard my story, you know, how I got to the point where I was like, I need to quit. Um, she asked me like, okay, if you could share one thing with my listeners, good Lord, the door, the door's open. Um, if you could share one thing with my listeners as to like how, you know, you've gotten this far, something you've learned about sobriety, what would it be? And I had to really think about that because I'm like, oh my gosh, I always have some more than one thing to share. Like, I don't know. Um, hmm. And I would tell you this, the difference in my sobriety now, as opposed to the first time I quit, is the first time I quit, I was running a nonprofit and I was in the thick of everything. And I felt that that was, you know, yes, I felt when I quit, I needed to do it for myself. But I was then fueled by everybody else's opinion and what they expected of me or what they wanted for me. This time, it's for myself, 100%. Because I have made so many changes. When I quit drinking, I was not plant-based. I was not eating well, like very good. I wasn't drinking any cow's milk. I was still eating cheese. Um, I was still using toxic deodorants and body products and makeup and all of that. My mindset was not where it is now. Um, now I'm definitely like, I want to put as good in and into my body as possible. Am I perfect? No, but I'm so much further along now than I was, um, two years ago, three years ago. So all that to say, you know, this time it's 100% for my health. I want to live the most efficient, the most healthy life as possible. And I have found that it's been a lot easier. The first time I counted it day by day. And on day three, I drove by the bar that I would always stop at to get like shots, you know, because I would bad day shots, good day shots, don't matter. I'm getting shots, right? Um, I remember driving by and I was like, hmm, I could go get some shots and nobody would know. But the thing was, I would know, right? And that killed me. I My conscience will always get the best of me. I can't ever do, like, shady things thinking that, like, if nobody else knows and it's okay, like, I can't live with myself doing that. And I didn't. And I, I, you know, made it through. But I was obsessed with, like, okay, it's been four days. It's been five days. It's been six days. Yes, I know today, you know, for instance, I've been sober for 43 days. But I only know because I checked this morning because we're doing the Tuesday Tea and we're talking about alcohol. And I have not been obsessing over the numbers. I've not been obsessing over telling everybody it's been X amount of days. Now, I want to share more about my sobriety with people in hopes that it would inspire at least one person to, if anything, cut back. But the goal is to completely stop and to show this system and this freaking agenda that 
We are smarter than that. We are not going to be dumbed down. We are not going to be weakened by good marketing and fancy words and bottles and all of that, you know? So that's really my message for you today. If y'all have any comments, I would love to see them. I will give y'all about a minute to post them. There's about a 15 to 30 second lag on here. So, you know, I want to give y'all time to chime in, to ask questions. If you want to connect with me on a more personal level, you're welcome to do so. Send me a message. Um, if you're wanting to, you know, learn to detoxify, you can go to any of my links and schedule a one-on-one -on -one discovery session with me. But I urge you all to join Sober October. That's going to start on the 1st, which is literally the day after tomorrow. It's going to go all the way until November 1st um, at midnight, you know, in the morning, whatever time that is. Um, it's going to be 31 days of just really awesome stuff. I, you know, kind of want to do some Zoom chats, maybe like one or two, like one in the beginning and one at the end or whatever, you know, for the group or whoever wants to partake. Um, there's definitely going to be a weekly email. We're going to talk about statistics. We're going to talk about what your body's doing at that point in being sober. Um, I'm going to share with you recipes. For instance, the recipe for this pineapple and mint shrub. It's so good, you guys. Like, I can't even. Literally one of the best things I've ever made. It is a bit of a process, but it is so rewarding and worth it afterwards. Um, I'm going to give you affirmations. I want to give you tips for being sober. I want to give you scientific facts. So if you want to join me for Sober October, I would love for you to. You can go into the description of this this um, event and click it, go to the discussion, and there's a link for that. You can go onto my IG and click my the link in my bio at that plant-based doula. Click the link in my bio, and it's literally the, the first little tab on my link tree. It says Sober October. You click it, fill out the form. The form takes less than 20 seconds to fill out, and you'll be added to the email list, and I will send you that information every week. It's totally free. There's no extra nothing to do with it. I just really wanted to create something um, positive and fun for the month of October, and I challenge you all. I challenge you to do it. I don't care where you are in your journey. If you're already sober, go join Sober October. If you want to be sober, but you're not sure, you're curious about it, go join Sober October. If you're really struggling with alcohol and you don't know where to start, go join Sober October. Um, you totally agree. You become what you speak. Same goes for what we say over our children. Yes, Christina. Um, it's... 100%. So try to speak kind things. Try to think kind things. Manifest the things that you want. If you're really, really wanting to be sober, I am sober. I am sober. You say that. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that and I am sober, but you say that. And you'll watch. You'll see. Things are going to come to you that will then create that environment of you know, sobriety or that mentality of, of really getting it. And I don't have any magical words of like how you just get started. You just do it. Um, if you are a heavy, heavy drinker, like you depend on it heavily, um, you need to practice extra caution and there are some ways to do it, but it's totally possible. Anybody can quit. Anybody can change their lives. Anybody can get to where they're wanting to be. You just have to be willing to. You have to be mindful. So I hope you, that you enjoyed today's episode. Um... And I was just seeing a time limit on my thing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, we do the Tuesday Tea every Tuesday at 2 o'clock here in the Papaya Collective. When the Papaya app launches, we are going to be changing to that. So you want to keep an eye out for that um, when it comes out. And what am I trying to find now? Oh, next week's episode. What is next week's episode? I believe we're going to be talking, you know what, I don't even know, because there's so many, there's so many episodes I have planned now, I don't know what's, what the schedule is, so I'm looking really quickly. You can always go to that plant-based doula Facebook page and look under the events tab. So the next one is actually, we're going to be chatting about sea moss. So there's been lots and lots of questions about sea moss. I take purple sea moss. Um, wash my everything with purple sea moss. It's amazing. So next week, if you want to learn about sea moss, we're going to be talking about that. And on Thursday, we start Sober October. If you have any questions about anything that I talked about in this video today, um, please message me, email me, thatplantbaseddoula at gmail.com. 
get the book Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. Read it. Talk to me about it. I would love to chat with you about this book. It's amazing. I'm on my second time reading it. Um, I love you ladies so much. I think that you're all really amazing. I think that wherever you are in your journey is great. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're making one change towards being healthy and that is what matters. So I love you. I thank you. I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay mindful. Stay well. And I'll catch you later. Bye. Hey, are you tired of Facebook and the constant censorship and political drama and blah, 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 blah? It just goes on and on. And it's honestly, it's a bunch of crap that you don't even care to see. Like, why is it even popping up? The ads, the just everything surrounding Facebook. Are you tired of it? Because I know I am. Well, guess what? You're in luck. If you're looking for a new social media platform that's made for women, by women, and centered around a holistic approach, approach to life, whether it's um, pregnancy, parenting, and just general wellness, then you need to join the Papaya app when it launches this fall of 2020. The Papaya app is an amazing concept, and I'm really excited to be able to bring this to the forefront and make it available in all major platforms and app stores and all that good stuff. It's super easy to download. It's going to be free for everybody. It's free to be a basic member. And if you are a natural health professional, it doesn't matter what your expertise is, um, whether it's in birth or energy or breastfeeding or chiropractic care, yoga, massage, um, herbalism, feminine health, it doesn't matter. If you want to come on there and promote your services and be able to create a community of your own that you can reach your, your clients and following with, easier, more clearly, without all the extra BS, then you can become a Papaya Partner. If you want to find out more about becoming a member, becoming a partner, or just basically what the Papaya app is, the Papaya Collective is, then go visit us on Instagram at the official Papaya Collective and click the link in our bio and you'll get all the information you need there. And you can contact us with any more information or questions or concerns at officialpapayacollective at gmail.com. Hey gorgeous, if you love this episode, could you do me a favor? Screenshot this episode and post it on your stories and tag at that plant beast doula. Thanks so much and I hope you have a wonderful week.